Mic check, mic check. One, two, one, two. Super Bowl week. You don't want to talk football, Andrew. What the hell? Nobody's talking football this week. Hardwood? You'd rather talk four chicks playing hockey, wouldn't you? <laughs> I would. I would. I would much rather talk that. Let's get after it. 53. Do it. This is the Dab Podcast. Hosted by Andrew Romanella and Anthony Rinaldi. It's showtime. I'm the coach. Yeah, that podcast, we might be the greatest of all time, man. Getting there. Getting, Andrew Romanella. Getting there. Anthony Rinaldi, the Dab Podcast, episode 53. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in. Andrew, Super Bowl week. You're oh, fired up. man. You're fired up. Let's go, Tom Brady. That was a long Andrew. That was. The amount of ends you add to my name. Pretty soon I'm going to start going, no, 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 no. Yeah, a little soccer announcing. Ladies and gentlemen, great show for you today. We got a little footy, footy football on the docket for you. We got some basketball. We'll give you our what do you got and so much more. You know it. Follow the podcast on the Twitter, on the Instagram, on the Facebook, at Dab Podcast. Social media, but Hit us on the website, dabpodcast.com. You've seen the articles. Another one coming out Thursday from Mr. Chris Pinnell. Man, how much you charging that boy pumping? He's pumping these articles out like they're going out of style. That is classified information, sir. Good for him. I hope he's robbing you blind. We're going to keep that in, in the business offices records. Okay, right. Keep and, reading, and folks. Keep reading. Keep reading. And if you want to get at us on the podcast, dabpodcast at gmail.com, give us a five-star everywhere. If I have to list off where Dab Podcast is located then it's your it's your problem now it's not ours anymore at, at this point in life just either ask alexa or google it you'll find yeah, us you'll fi- you'll find us listen i'm scrolling through the the google sphere mr rinaldi and i come across an article that says madden nfl 2019 has played out the super bowl already and the los angeles rams are gonna win 30 to 27 and i couldn't do anything else but chuckle uh, what's the what, what what's the Madden record when they call the Super Bowl? I feel like they actually they're actually pretty pretty spot on. Listen, series one and zero, they called Philly last year, and they called the Patriots this year. So I'm and, gonna and the I'm gonna rock with Siri. I think she knows what she's talking and about. And Madden was wrong last year. Oh, Madden said the Pats were gonna win, but the year before, Madden did say that the Patriots were gonna come from behind and beat the Falcons. And I don't think they said it was gonna be by like 25 points. But now, listen, the most interesting thing was when I rewatched <laughs> the Saints Rams game with Nikel Roby hitting that dude. And they played it out in Madden, and Madden threw the flag quickly. Yeah, for pass for PI there. So, do you put any stock in that? Because I, I I heard and I've seen actually a lot that there will be people that actually put bets down because they saw a Madden simulation about the Super Bowl and feel like now they have a feeling that they need to put money on the Rams. Sure, I mean, listen, people bet. Dumber things. There's over 500 plus prop bets, all the way from the coin toss to what color socks Bill Belichick's gonna be wearing. I mean, it's it's outrageous, Andrew. People, if if you could bet it, it'll be bet at the Super Bowl. There is actually a book in Vegas that will have live betting after every single down. If you if you had a prop bet that you wanted to put in right now, 
What are you, what are you putting in? I think I may I'll have to check for you, but and, and later in the podcast we'll we'll dissect some of these prop bets. But I think we should talk about maybe what the first song Maroon Five is going to come out with. <laughs> you know, what do you think? You think it's going to be uh... the fact that you can put that bet down? But to me, that's that's what the Super Bowl is all about because you can dissect it three ways and twice on Sunday on what you need to do to win this game from both sides. We understand that. We all understand that. But what's more interesting to me is the storylines. The, the the young versus old that you were mentioning before we got started with the show. The fact that you've been hearing recently that Bill Belichick and Sean McVay have developed a friendship where they're actually, they've been texting each other and they met each other at the Combine last year and they have a relationship. And Tom Brady has been at nine of the last 18 Super Bowl media days. And, oh, by the way, X amount of years ago, the Rams met the Patriots, and that's when this dynasty started for New England. So there's just so many more, I think, interesting storylines to this game than necessarily the football game that's going to be played. Honestly, does anybody care about the game on Sunday? <laughs> no, they want to hang out with their friends and family. They want to eat good food. They want to get wasted. They're going to watch some football. No, they want to no- watch commercials. They're going to watch the halftime. And frankly, the game is probably third rate at this point. But honestly, how long do you think it takes Bill Belichick to text? Oh, man. Like, see, he's 66. I've watched my father try to text. He's, he's a little bit younger than Belichick. It takes him a good hour to text me a simple question or, or, or a comment. I was pretty impressed to hear that Bill Belichick was doing that. Like, that surprised me a lot. Like, I was surprised to find out that after the first win of the year for Sean McVay, he got a text. And then after some big wins against Minnesota, against some other teams, he got text. I just didn't know Bill Belichick was one of those guys. And I feel like this is what he wants. Bill Belichick wants us to have to have this conversation about what he's like, about being surprised when we hear a good story about him reaching out to a younger coach that's probably, as people project, possibly going to be the next Bill Belichick. That's what people feel, right? I mean, everyone that touches Sean McVay right now is getting a job interview. So he's the next big thing. For a guy like Bill Belichick, I'm surprised by that. I was. I was I was surprised by that. But then I say, that is why, to reference our intro music, he is the GOAT. That's why Bill Belichick is the GOAT. He is the greatest coach. I guess you, he would be the greatest coach of all time. So he'd be the GOAT? <laughs> Listen, I don't, I'm not trying he's to figure the that out. I'm not going to try to figure that out. He's the greatest coach of all time, and there's a reason for that. And I think stuff like that matters. Listen, you could debate Bill Belichick. A lot of people are going to say he's a cheater. His his work is second to none. And I'm not surprised by Bill Belichick texting McVay because Bill Belichick sees in McVay what he was at that age, 34 years old, grinding away. McVay's in the office 4.30 in the morning, folks. You know what I mean? He's first one in the building, last one out. I'm sure him and Belichick are probably texting 4.30 in the morning. Hey, I'm in my parking spot before you are. You know, and they they really get into it, like that depth of detail. And Belichick loves that. He eats that up. And he sees where that he sees where the Rams are going. And you can compare Belichick and Brady to what McVay and Goff have started. You know, it's two, three years into this kind of project. And you can see where the Rams went from, I think they were 4-12 and 12 when uh, Goff got there. And now they Thanks turned it Jeff into Fisher. A, yeah. Well, listen, <laughs> eight and eight Jeff Fisher. They've turned it around into a, a Super Bowl caliber team, and frankly, I mean, with that defense, with that front four, the game's gonna be a lot closer than I think people are, are, are calling. Does that make you feel like Bill Belichick has that type of relationship with his players, 
and that's why he's been able to get this much out of his players for so long. Easy. I, I think everybody paints Bill Belichick in this awkward, unfriendly brush that no one likes, but it's just the media. I feel like players and coaches and the NFL family respect. absolutely love this guy. And you have to respect him because, like you said, he is the best to do what he's doing. And give him one more title, 6-3, and three, plus the titles he won with the Giants. I mean, the dude will have rings galore. And people, a lot of people credit what he did with the Giants for Bill Parcells to almost, and I know Parcells is frustrated because people almost call one of those Super Bowls Bill Belichick Super Bowl for the New York Giants. And I think that what I love about Bill Belichick's story, which I, I think is understated, is the grind that you referenced that he took. And I almost think he had it harder than Sean McVay. And I'm not saying Sean McVay got given the keys to the car, but he earned them. He earned that right at a young age. But Bill Belichick had to go through the doldrums of being a position coach and a special teams coach and not getting the path to the head coach on a straight line, but a real jagged line that went up and over and down and there were difficult conversations and there was a bad stop along the way to get here, right? Sean McVay's almost hightailed all that stuff. He hightailed right through it. And now he's at the point of success. And I think that's why it's so great that Bill Belichick steps in right now because Sean McVay could do this for 25 years if he's learning from Bill Belichick. Because you and I could both agree, I don't think Bill Belichick needs to stop coaching football right now. I think in 10 years, whether Tom Brady's his quarterback or not, I truly believe if, if it's the Patriots or somebody else, Bill Belichick is still on top. And I see that 10 years from now with Sean McVay as well. And maybe this is that patent win that Belichick had against the then St. Louis Rams, Belichick and Brady, that now maybe McVay and Goff can have at the end of the Tom Brady-Bill Belichick era. You couldn't pass the torch any any more profoundly than, again, you know, 18 years to the day, Andrew. February 3rd, 2001, the Patriots win 20-17 Super Bowl that nobody had the Patriots. I mean, the Rams were the... Was that the Rams the greatest show on turf? Was that that, that yep. era, right? Yeah. When they were just, un, you know, un, their offense was un, unworldly, similar to what the Rams do now. When Kurt Warner made his name during those years. Exactly. And you see you see a lot of similarities between both teams and kind of both, and kind of how I feel like how both teams started off. Like with Belichick back in the day in 2001, he, he wasn't an offensive guy. You know, obviously, Tom Brady came in after an injury, but that pitcher team was, was defense. And I don't want to say the Rams are defense, but when you start looking at the names on that defense, I mean, they have the best, they have the best player in football right now, Aaron Donald on defense. You know, and Dominican Sue has shown up the last few games. You know, say what you will about Roby, illegal, you know, pass interference, no pass interference. I mean, the dudes showed up. You know, they got Marcus Peters, dude likes to talk, but he shows up. They, they, they bring in Tlaib. That dude's just a shutdown corner. Maker. He's a difference maker. And so you kind of see how that, you know, that Rams offense was prolific with McVay's kind of craziness and ability and, and and aggressiveness that he shows, which I think you'll have to – you're going to need an aggressive play in the Super Bowl because you have to flip the table on Bill Belichick. Like when Sean Payton kicked the uh, kicked the uh, halftime, did an onside kick. So you got to look at that and show McVay's weapon and – in his repertoire, he's gonna he's he's gonna throw something at, at Bill Belichick that I don't think Bill Belichick's gonna be ready for. And that's the thing because Belichick always takes away your best player, and that's the thing he's done over the course of his career. He's taken away the best player and he's forced you to change the way you go about your game. 
But what we've learned from Sean McVay is he can play football five different ways. He'll run it down your throat. He'll air attack you for 50 passes. He'll let Goff air it out. He'll give you the mix of both. They could... I don't know, though. The one way I don't know is if they can win it on defense. And that's the one question I have. And when it comes down to it, beating the New England Patriots is about keeping the ball out of Tom Brady's hands. And Tom Brady's not going to make mistakes. And that's where I think everyone started getting into this conversation of, well, Tom Brady's seen everything. And he's not going to beat himself. It's going to take you to find a way to beat him. He's never going to make that mistake. So if he wins this one and he gets his sixth ring, what else does he have to do? Well, I don't think people realize how much fun it is to be the greatest of all time. I don't know about you, but last time I checked in my job field, I am not the greatest of all time. And if I was, I would be at the point where I'd say to myself, how far can I separate myself from the guy behind me? If Tom Brady's 41, if he's 51, if he's 61, if he's still doing this, does it matter how old he is? And do we always have to look for the cliff? Like, I'm tired of looking at this Super Bowl and going, oh, it's 9 of 18. Oh, it could be his sixth one. When's he going to hang up? When is too many? I don't know. When's the last time you looked at your boss and said, this raise is a little bit too much? Hey, you know what? I don't need the title of CEO. I'm good. I'm just going to stay over here on the manager level. That, that doesn't happen. That's not, that's not what you strive for. So when you are in Tom Brady's position, if you can keep succeeding and building that legacy, you're going to. Six and three sounds a lot better than five and four. Sure, you know it's five Ask and four. LeBron James about that one. Oh, his three and six. LeBron James. Listen, he's he's the goat currently at this stage of basketball. But that's gonna be a deeper dive of LeBron James ruining basketball. But Tom Brady, I mean, his legacy, I think, has been cemented for years. I mean, I, I I don't have anything to qualm about. Listen, my Giants beat him twice. You know, the Eagles beat him last year, so they're not. They're not Superman. You know, there is a kryptonite to beat the Patriots. And and Sean McVay is going to have to dial up everything he's got, everything he knows about football, and hope that his team plays the kind of game that New England plays. The uh, no errors, don't, you know, unforced errors. Look at the, the Chiefs and, and Pats game. The best way to keep the, the Chiefs off the field, or, or the Chiefs from scoring, is keep them off the field. Yep. That first drive was like 10 minutes. Yeah. 11 first downs. One of the crazy amount of first downs that the Patriots got. So you know Bill Belichick. Look for that. That's a that's a good prop to play. Is who's gonna take the ball first? Yeah. What, what the odds of taking the ball first? Pats or the, or, or uh, if you're the or, Rams, or the Rams, I I guarantee the Rams are gonna defer. I I I hope not. I, I get the whole second half thing. I get it. But that's where the Pats' experience comes into play. This will be the ninth time they've gone through a Super Bowl halftime show. This is the first time this Rams team's gone through Super Bowl halftime show. It's a completely different animal. From what everyone says. It's almost better because now you have more time to dissect and make adjustments and get ready. But at the end of the day, it's different than everything all of these people have ever done. Maybe aside from some of the veteran coaches on that staff, so be it, right? But to me, it's like, do I really care if Tom Brady loses this Super Bowl or wins this Super Bowl? No, I don't. At the end of the day, he's probably the best quarterback we've ever seen play football. And... I'm going to make that statement. I'm, my opinion is going to be that that is what it is. And I don't care if it's five Super Bowl rings or six Super Bowl rings. Watching that pl- man play that position is just pure pure joy. And for anyone that's hating on this situation, which, hey, as a Dolphins fan, and you can go back on some of these podcasts, I've had plenty of hate for the New England Patriots. That's simply fanhood. But at the end of the day, enjoy, enjoy this. You're never going to see it again. Exactly. At this point... Nine of eighteen, going to half of super half half of your career so far. You've been to the Super Bowl. I mean, the fact that 
they play at such a high level. Everyone's talking. This is the year that they, they. This is it. This is finally it. Brady's forty-one. He wants to play until he's forty-five. That was a number in his head. I mean, at the rate he's playing, he's only getting better, which is crazy to me. But it's, it's just the fact that the Patriots have a winning culture. It starts from the head coach. The quarterback has bought in from day one. Everybody around them follows suit. No one's chirping. No one's. I mean, obviously they had a little fun with their playing conversation. You see Brady and Gronk with a the video. They're just kind of looking at each other, giggling, laughing like a bunch of schoolgirls. So you know, Bill Belichick, you know, the, the armor's kind of come off a little bit. The kind of the that that tough misdemeanor. But I think I think now they're starting to enjoy it a little bit. Like they kind of realize that this is kind of maybe our, not our last one, but like we we get it. Yeah. Like it's coming to an end. Exactly. Point. We know. It. So I think they're gonna have a little more fun this year. I think. I think last year was was more humbling because I think they thought going into it they they could beat Nick Foles, and obviously that didn't happen. And uh, you know Philly jumped out to a quick nine three lead on New England, and oddly enough, three points that was the only time in nine Super Bowls that was the first time they scored a point in the first quarter. It's crazy. That's a crazy stat for it's you. Mind blowing stat. So think about that. Like, and they've won five of uh, you know five of these Super Bowls, and they've only scored three points in the first quarter. So it's crazy. So obviously coaching is uh, is a big factor, and I think. You got to give the nod to Belichick. As as good as McVay is, he's never been in this high pressure situation. And as quirky and crazy as he is, and how much he studies the game, Super Bowl. It's Belichick has even keel. He knows what he's doing. This is number nine. This is number actually eleven for him. And and what's so much fun to me about Super Bowl, like the media day and all that stuff, is you kind of really get to get some of the personalities of these guys. Now, I know. NRC had said some stuff about Tom Brady getting older and then retracted those statements immediately and people talk about that being bulletin board fodder and whatever it is. Whatever. If you need extra motivation to try and win a Super Bowl, that's ridiculous. What I thought was great, though, was hearing about some of the insight from the Rams players about who Sean McVay is, how he um, goes about motivating his players, some of the statements he has. like One of the things that's hit on, on every wall in their locker room, in their meeting room. The standard is the standard. And it's just something like, what does that mean? And it's like, well, you just don't really get it until you get it, until you're in there. And and there's a list of what they call McVeighisms. And these guys are shooting off, like one of them's like, oh, I, that guy's a real G. Like something stupid like that. I love hearing that stuff because it gives you insight. And today's coach needs to be able to connect with his players. It's a different type of athlete nowadays. And to hear those things from the Rams players on media day. And I re- I tweeted the article at dab podcast on Twitter, check it out. Cause it is funny and it, it is cool because that's exactly what you need to be successful. You got to find a way to keep these professionals engaged and motivated. And, and even McVay says it, yeah, you know, they might be making fun of me a little bit when they joke and they laugh about these McVeighisms, but at the end of the day, it's accomplishing the goal, and that's making them a team, making them a family, and going out and trying to win a championship. Side note, McVeigh is one of the best voices in football. All time. Like his, I, yes. We got definitely got to get some audio. Did you see him shooting the Papa shot? We got to play some. No, I didn't. Uh-huh. Uh, was right. he fire? Yeah. So, so a kid, a kid gives him like four or five mini basketballs, and he's on top of his dad's shoulders. He's holding a basketball hoop. Again, retweeted on the Dab Podcast Twitter. Holding a basketball hoop. And McVay, my dude goes like five for five from his little media stand making the buckets. Multi-talented guy. Not just a great coach, but Papa Shot expertise. For somebody who's 34, some of his players are older than he is. He obviously, you know, can connect to the younger crowd being young and hip at 34 because, you know, I'm 33. I find myself young and hip as well. (laughs) 
uh, yo, Sean McVay, holler at me. I'll take a job with the Rams anytime you want. You might Hit us be, up on the Dap Podcast. You might eventually be a head coach. That's the way things working. And uh, so I, 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 I fully believe that his guys will be motivated, fired up, ready to go. But it's it's tough for me not to back Belichick and Brady. I, I know obviously they've had they have their faults. Uh, this team really is not. I would say it's not the best Bill Belichick team he's had, but it's probably the best coaching job he's done, if you can even fathom him doing a better coaching job than he's done previously in previous years. But to bring this amount of talent on the defensive side and on the offensive side, and for everybody to... And you talked about the bulletin board fodder. Is it? Is there? Does it exist? I don't believe... I believe it exists. I don't believe it's it's an extra motivating factor because, like you said, who needs to be motivated? You're at the goddamn Super Bowl. But I believe it doesn't hurt. I believe it gives, you know, it's it's a press clipping. It's 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 another thing they add to their, to their little to their little jar. So, a, another another person not who believes we're past our prime, who we're done. Remember, everybody's talking crap. Who said we're too old? We can't do nothing. They just keep building and building and keep believing. So, like essentially, anything extra is better than nothing at all. Exactly. Any extra motivation for this game is better than nothing at all. And I bet you, Sean McVay got in Roby's ear and said, "You moron." Well, he was in his ear before he finished the statement. He retracted the statement. That's what I'm saying. Somebody got his. After. Yeah, he was like, "No, nah, I didn't say he was old. Yeah, I just said right. he's old." Yeah. Not no. He's not old. He's just. He's not old, old for this earth. He's just old. For this earth. For this earth. For this earth. I, I listen. I, I agree with you. A hundred percent. I agree with you. Listen. Give me. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to pull up some of these prop bets right now. But I don't want to choose which prop bet we're gonna go with. I just want to hear some of them so they can formulate in my mind, so that later on in the show we can make a decision on what we're putting down for a potential. What do you got? What do you got? Situation. All right, let me keep getting these. I'll get some of them. And back. I don't want, I don't, I don't want just like coin flip. I don't want anthem, you know. But I also don't want like the backup tight ends yards and catches. I'm good on that one. Like too. I said, I got you the, I got you the, the Maroon Five. What's their first song gonna be? Their first song choice. I'll, I'll give you a few titles, Andrew. You, you let me know if you like any of them. All right. Hold on, I gotta dig out a lot of, a lot of, do some game props. Usually some... with the anthem, I like to go two minutes. Always two oh four. If you're you, out there, I'll let you know what it is. Two oh four will always. I'm pretty come sure close. Gladys Knight. She's gonna her. She has some pipe. She's gonna. It's gonna roll. It's gonna roll. Halftime show. First, here's some odds. Maroon Five. What lovers do? Plus two fifty. <laughs> Moves like Jagger. Plus three fifty. That's what I'm going. Sugar. With. Plus four fifty. Moves with Jagger. Payphone. Plus six fifty. One more. One more night. She will be loved. Animals. Don't want. Yeah. So I mean. So you got to see the high. It's plus two fifty for what lovers do. Someone leaked that. The lighting guy. Somebody on mic check. They. Th- that's gonna. You'll see these props. It's a little early. But come like mic check on like Saturday. Friday night, so those odds are gonna change. People, the, if if that if you see a spike, if something goes to like minus four hundred, you know something's been leaked. Bet heavy on it. The question is, does Maroon Five look at the bet line and see if they can mess with it and come out with something b- based off the betting line? How about your choice of liquid bath for the coach for the winning coach? Do you th- it's it's color of of Gator. Color of Gator. What do you got? No liquid bath. One seventy five plus one seventy five. Clear, I guess, water. So he doesn't get the liquid no, board on it. It's still plus money. It's an option. Clear, plus two and a quarter. Yellow, green, lime. Blue, orange, red, purple. I mean... You could go anywhere. You could go anywhere. Uh, well, it, see, what you'd have to do is you'd have to do your research on what is the history of the Gatorade colors. Is there a pattern there? 
because I'm guessing my, my guess is Gatorade has to know this is going on, right? Yeah. So Gatorade has. To, I would be messing with the lines if I was Gatorade. I'd change the color every single year for that reasoning. Your national anthem. It's actually short. Under over is 108 and a half seconds. So it's a little less than a. It's a minute 28. Really? That's pretty. That sounds pretty short. That seems really short. That Who's singing over. the national Gladys anthem? Knight. I think that's going to go over. She's got some lungs. A minute 28. Minute 28. 108 seconds is 28 seconds, right? A minute 28. 108 is We're quick confirm. math. We're going to confirm. You said there would be no math. We'll just be doing math. What else we got? You know, how about no safety in the game is minus 1,000. No so safety. If you believe there's going to be no safety in this game, which you think about it, there hasn't been a safety in the Super Bowl except, what, three, four years ago with Peyton Manning when, yeah. that, when that snap went way over his head? Was that or was there was that before or after the 49ers-Ravens when Joe Flacco ran out the back of the end zone? That was after. After? You're right, you're right. How about they give you missed field goal, wide left or wide right? That's actually an option. Any missed field goal? Or, First missed or... field goal of the game will be wide left is minus 120, wide right is minus 110. Well, we got two kickers that are both righties. Legatron. Yeah, so in-swingers. Yeah, but we're inside. In the dome. We're in a dome. No wind factor. Okay. Hey, stop there. Stop there. I, 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 I got that a, is the tip of the iceberg. There's over 500 more of these. You can I got start a few by. percolating right now. All right. We're percolating. All right. All right. It's All right. time for the percolator. That's the best song. It's time for the percolator. All right. It's time, it's time for, for the, the percolator. All right. If you don't know that song, that's yeah. the only lyrics you need yeah. to know. We're, we're going to establish our minutes and our seconds here. We're going to figure all that math out. And while we do that. I got some interesting headlines for you today, Mr. Rinaldi. Give them to me. And these headlines, ladies and gentlemen, are sponsored by Digme Nation. You head to digmenation.com. You give them the promo code DIGTHEDAB. That's D-A-A-B. You're going to receive 30% off your next purchase. You got to remember, the DAB podcast is the official sports podcast of the guy in the tie. That's digmenation.com, promo code DIGTHEDAB. That's digmenation.com. Promo code dig the dab. All right, here we go. First headline for you today. Mr. Rinaldi, this does not affect me at all because I'm living in the Android times right now. But if you're an iPhone user, beware because there's a FaceTime bug out there. Reading this article, pretty crazy, all right? So you can do a group FaceTime. Before a person answers your FaceTime, you can add your own self again to the call. So you've been added to the call twice. You called first, and now you added to the call. Before your friend picks up, you can start hearing what they say. So that means you might not know it, but I can hear what you're saying over your phone. Does that creep you out? Big Brother is always listening, watching this. I have two Alexas. I just bought an iPhone X. Like I'm sure I say Pampers, 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 and I got I got 20 million ads for diapers on my on my Facebook. That's I creepy. Mean, listen, everyone's listening in. Everyone's watching in. You just gotta watch your P's and Q's. You know, next time you Facetime me and I say I start talking smack about, it, I don't want to answer this effing guy's call. <laughs> now I know you're listening, so I'm gonna be careful. If and if you're an iPhone user, Apple said you can dis- disarm your Facetime right now or coming next week. I think with the next upgrade or iOS upgrade or whatever it is, they're gonna fix the bug. But man, that's scary. At this point in 2019, they can literally zap your phone from the Apple Home Store in New York. They'll, they'll reboot your whole system for free. Give you a whole new. They'll give you a whole new wardrobe. You'll be fine. All right, number two. So um, the price is right the other day. If you haven't seen this, please go look this up on YouTube. R.I.P. Okay? Bob Barker. Yeah, funniest thing you've ever seen on the Price is Right. Contestant Tara Armstrong was called to the stage. Bueller. But she was not in attendance to get up to the stage. Where was she, Andrew? Hear what happened, ladies and gentlemen, because she was in the bathroom 
at probably the exact wrong time. Folks, what you can't see is the cameraman is going bananas Where right now. Are you, Tara? Looking for Tara. Is she She's Her crowd her crew points to the bathroom. Someone's te- her girl's texting her right now, like, yo, get out, wipe your butt, get out. Tara, the whole crowd's chanting, Tara. Never get here, so glad you can make it. <laughs> nice to meet you. Sorry. Nice to meet you. I had to go to the restroom. I'm so sorry. I know. I shake your hand, but that's all right. Hey. Oh, Drew Carey. George. Crushing. Uh, how about that? That's one of the best things I think I have ever seen. Ant. If you go to the prices right, you got to choose the right time to go to the bathroom. Come on, Tara. I, I, listen. I'm glad she didn't have toilet paper on her on her on her shoe. You imagine? But she came but she came jolting out of the yeah, bathroom, she folks. Pumped, so let she me was tell high you. five in the crowd. I, I had to think the PA system was working in the bathroom. You had to hear your name as she's go, you know, as you're going, whatever, take care of your business. You're like, oh, that's me, I gotta go. Like that is so nerve-wracking. It's hilarious. She was a good sport. Drew Carey crushed it as usual with his comedy. I mean, the show's not the same since obviously the old days. I used to watch it when I was sick back in the day, but that's it's the ultimate still sick a, day show. Still a classic. Still a classic move by Drew Carey and Tara. Good for you. I hope she won something. Did did she wash her hands? I don't know. She was shaking everyone's hand on the way out, yeah. on the way down. She jumped so. into somebody's arms. So. Yeah. So hopefully she did wash. All right. Last headline. Back to the sports on the ice. Your favorite sport, possibly hockey. The NHL All Star Game happened today, and they made history. History. Four women were were asked to compete in the NHL All-Star Skills Competition. The headliner, Kendall Cohen Schoenfield. Kendall Cohen Schoenfield was in this fastest skater competition, 14.3 seconds. She got around the rink, Mr. Rinaldi. Very impressive, history-breaking night. Chicks playing hockey. That's awesome, Andrew. Can't get enough of that. Hello. I mean, listen, she was. you showed me that video. She was sprinting. She literally was running on the ice. That's pretty fast. I mean, it's a pretty dumb competition. Literally skating in a circle. I get it. I mean, it's a speed event. That's the fact that she was third fastest out of the out of the whole entire competition. That includes men. And twenty three miles per hour. Man. That listen fast like a cheetah on the ice. I mean, what did I tell you? Chicks on ice. None better than that. They are women's team won the gold medal last year. Great game against Canada. I thought it was pretty pretty awesome. History breaking in the NHL right there. Inviting the women. Remember, those are our headlines. They are brought to you by digmenation.com. Mr. Rinaldi, when the people head to Digme Nation, they get 30% off. They use what promo code? Dab18. Dig the dab. Why did we change it again? D-double-A-B. I'm so confused. I've been using Dab18. No wonder why I'm paying top dollar. Mr. Digme. This is... I got to get out. I got to call Mr. Digme here. No wonder why I'm getting this shit. And if you feel like you're being schemed, please do not email us at dabpodcast.gmail.com. We don't run any of that stuff, folks. All right, let's get to this Anthony Davis nonsense, Mr. Rinaldi. What, what what do we got going on here in New Orleans? He's demanding a trade. He doesn't want to re-sign with the Pelicans. What do we got? Well, he didn't really demand the trade per se, right? He, he just he just told he just made it known that it in a year and a half, he, yeah. in a year and a half, they got no chance of re-signing right. him. Which to me, 
it it's it's kind of a, a not a sad day, but it's a, like I didn't I didn't think the NBA has changed, and that was kind of LeBron not LeBron James doing, but when teams started to migrate, when players started to migrate to form super teams, you kind of lost the competitive edge and the parity in basketball. And I say that in that I mean the the players run the NBA. I mean, what is the New Orleans Pelicans going to do now? They literally just lost their legs. Anthony Davis is a 25-13 and 13 machine, at least. He is a perennial all-star. He's a top five, six player in the NBA when it's all said and done. And he just told the Pelicans, thank you very much. Thanks. You, you, you could offer me, I think, $240 million, but I'm, I'm going to leave $40 million on the table. I'm good. Don't need that pocket change. I'm going to go sign somewhere else. I'm going to go play with LeBron in L.A. because I want to win. Because there's no chance of us winning. But does that guarantee him a ring? See, that's my question. I know New Orleans doesn't, but is that his thought process right now? I don't care about the money. I know that I can't be in New Orleans to win. Because, I mean, like, let's be serious here. We can't. We can't blame Anthony Davis for what his decision is right now. Hey, how about New Orleans Pelicans? Go get him a cast of characters that can help him win basketball games. I mean, at what point can we say, I I get it. I get where people feel disrespected. Not that there are a lot of New Orleans Pelican fans out there anyways. But I get where people feel disrespected where the player kind of disrespects the team by saying, I'm not going to resign with you. And is in theory disrespecting the players on the team saying, you're kind of not good enough to play with. I would like to leave. But A, it's his right. But B, how about the team does something that makes him want to stay, and for six and a half years they haven't done that? What one playoff? I think one, one playoff, playoff series, yeah. right? You know, listen, and that was like at the beginning of the Golden State dynasty. No, and didn't they like push Golden State to the brink or something like that? Well, listen, when they lost Boogie last year, that was that was tough. That they had a good thing going yeah, there. They were on a run. They might have been an, an interesting dynamic because no, nobody else in the NBA had two big men like that. You see the NBA going now in a, a three point direction. Uh, I mean, Boogie shoots threes, and so does Anthony Davis. So it's not like they don't. But you know that get, like New Orleans, they tried to surround you know AD with some some talent. It didn't work out. The West is tough. But I mean, with this move right here in a year and a half, I could honestly see the New Orleans Pelicans folding up shop and moving to Seattle, dude. Mm-hmm. Like that's how much of like losing Anthony Davis could he potentially hurt them, hurt that franchise because there's literally like you said, like no one's really going to watch the Pelicans. Like New Orleans, on you know, it's it's a football town. That's a football in a college football town down there in the bayou. Ain't no one there watching basketball. And you know what's crazy is like last year when they had Rajon Rondo, that was like the and and Boogie as you know. And Holiday. That was the first time you actually felt like, hey, maybe this thing could work out with him and the Pelicans. And then they didn't re-sign Rondo. Obviously, Boogie's not there anymore. And you look at it and you say to yourself, if I'm Davis, I'd want the same thing. Now, the NBA fines him $50,000. Not that that matters because it's tampering. But the trade deadline's February 7th. So I want you, Mr. Rinaldi, to put yourself in the GM shoes for the New Orleans Pelicans. What's your move right now? I mean, they listen, they're sitting on 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 the golden ticket with Anthony Davis. Obviously, they don't have to move him. You just keep him for the next year and a half. He'll be miserable. The team will probably be garbage. You'll probably be 8, 9, 10 in the West. You'll, you'll be, you could be fighting for a playoff spot. You could potentially maybe build one more year. You, you know, Maybe throw a few players out there at him, see... Uh, if he could get maybe one, maybe one more playoff run, because listen, every owner wants a few more games, a few more home games. But is he going to play that, hard? Are uh, players going to play hard around him? Yeah, listen, that's gonna that's going to be tough to 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 look at him in the locker room and, and trust him to give him the ball and stuff. Like but, you just said, I suck. You just told management you don't want to resign because me and these ten other dudes aren't good enough for you. 
but he's also put he's put LA in a in the chopper because they don't have the assets that New Orleans would want. If if New Orleans wants, they're probably gonna wait till the offseason when the Boston Celtics, if they think they could convince him for a year, kind of what Toronto's doing with Kawhi, convince him that all right, come to Toronto this year, we'll be good and we'll probably we can chance we can win and we'll convince you to stay, you'll fall in love with us. But at the end of the day, you don't really know if that's going to happen because Paul George is the minority, hmm. not the mi- majority. Right. And I think Kawhi leaves Toronto no matter what happens this yeah, year. Yeah, he's going to the Clippers. That's a, that's, that's a fact. I think that's a fact. And, and I think somebody might follow him. Why can't that work for Anthony Davis? What, going to the Clippers? Cl- yes. Because don't the Clippers have some pieces you could give back? Like, I know you'd want to keep Lou Williams, but you it's, could also use Lou Williams. Unfortunately, with the, it's, it's, I think this is going to go similar back to the mellow with the Knicks. K, AD wants to go to the Lakers. And it don't matter. Yeah, it don't matter. And if, if I'm Magic Johnson, do you – at this point, if I'm, the, I'm probably going for it this year. I don't want to waste a year of LeBron because he is, what, 34 years old now? And he's injured prone a little bit. He just now. got – yeah, I mean, listen, he just 16 good. games – you're six and ten without LeBron, and your 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 playoff spot is fading. You 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 think you're two or three games behind the other LA team, so that's not good. Um, do you throw everybody at the Pelicans and take Anthony Davis so you have him for this year and make what, a, and try to make a run? You know you're enough? gonna they're gonna sign Melo. What's good enough? What's good enough for the Pelicans? Lonzo Ball, Kuzma, Ingram. It's gonna be Kuzma, Ingram, Ball. I mean, listen, that's not a bad for AD though. If you're going to lose him for nothing at the end of the year or a year and a half, if you're going to get nothing out of him, if you're just going to keep him just to spite him. Well, or you're going to you... trade him at some point. Right. Obviously, you want to wait for Boston. Or if the Knicks somehow, if he thought he wanted, if the Knicks could get an assurance that he wants to re-sign with the Knicks and the Knicks happen to get a top pick, obviously that would have to play out until, after, you know, after, until June. And just so people understand, the reason why the Celtics can't trade for him now and they have to wait until July is because of the trade that they made for Kyrie Irving. There's a rule in the NBA that now states that they can't trade for a player, I think because he's eligible for the max contract. The bird rights, yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, the Rose Rule or something like that. I think it's called the Rose Rule or something along those yeah. lines. And so now he, the Celtics can't be in play for a trade of the player of AD's caliber with the op- options that he has moving forward on his contract until July 1st. So a lot of the debate becomes... Do the Pelicans play the year out, see what can happen, compete for an eighth spot in the playoffs, do whatever they can, one last run, trade them in the offseason, and then the Boston Celtics can take their chance, and then then the Pelicans try and ask for a guy like Tatum. They can try and ask for a piece like that to get back and say, ooh, this is tangible instead of it being freaking Lonzo Ball. That is so – if you're Boston, that's so hard for only for a year. I wouldn't give them any of them. Because I think think his heart's set with playing LeBron. I wouldn't give him Brown either. Yeah, I think think LeBron's his – his 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 cash cow. He wants to go try to win the ship with him, so he's gonna he's gonna follow him to L.A. And check this out. I mean, I this is kind of pondering in the back of my head, but I think I think L.A. squad they're they're four they're they're big they're gonna have a big four. It's gonna be K.D. K.D. Hello. It's gonna be LeBron, A.D., Clay, and Kyrie. I don't think Clay's going. If if the he's Warriors don't comments. if the Warriors don't offer him the max, which I don't think they will, because they, I think they're gonna offer K.D. the max. Here's what I think is gonna happen. I think Clay will bounce because he'll be he'll be a little disrespected. I think Clay stays, KD dips. I had thought that originally, but I think it may flip now. I think I think he may because he has ties to Southern Cal. Uh, Clay, Clay does. does, yeah. So I th- and if they don't offer him the max, he may feel slighted. He may want to bounce. 
If he can, if AD's in in, in LA with LeBron, I think he goes there, and I, I believe Kyrie. I think Kyrie in his heart wants to go back and play with LeBron. So is it pure eye wash? I got a few things. I got so it's going to be Steph, KD, and Draymond still left in, and Boogie. And you have it's going to be those four going to the Lakers. It's going to be four 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 headed monsters in LA and, and Golden State. Gotta, it's going right, to be crazy. I got to dissect that in a few different angles. Okay, I got to dissect this in a few different angles. How can Kyrie go back and play with LeBron? Simply, he called him to apologize for being a knucklehead. Look at this. He's How already happen again. Because LeBron will call him like, bro, little bro, come back and play. You know, you know what we want to ship in Cleveland together. We'll win in L.A. We'll be gods. And I, I think Kyrie will go. I mean, come on, it's L.A. people. Yeah, it's like 15% state tax, but F it, it's, it's Hollywood. And, okay, how about this? Is it eyewash then that Clay Thompson's making comments about how he wants to be in Oakland and he wants to be a warrior for life and... He wants to. Yeah, stay it's all I watch till you show him till you secure the bag. Anthony Davis said he wasn't leaving the Pelicans a week ago. He said he wasn't going to leave, and then look, a week later, his agent comes out, goes, "Who's Rich Paul, by the way? LeBron's guy." So he, listen, Rich Paul's got to do everything in his power to make LeBron happy. LeBron's in L.A. AD goes to L.A. Clay doesn't get the Clay's not getting a max deal from him. They they say they're gonna they may offer it to him. You know, he's one of the original Splash, Splash Brothers. If you're Oakland management right now, if you're the Warriors management, don't you look at it and say, Clay Thompson and Steph Curry together, their whole career in Oakland, could be one of the greatest sh- lethal shooting backcourts you've ever seen. They're homegrown guys. We drafted them both. They're both almost like underdog type dudes that they didn't come into the league. There was some hype train around Steph Curry. There wasn't much hype train around Klay Thompson. There was hype enough that they were draft picks, obviously, and, and there's only two rounds in the NBA. So there's got to be some type of hype around you to get drafted in 60 or 64 picks. But I just put so much more value in that as a franchise long term than I do keeping KD, and maybe that's my OKC bias. And truthfully, I don't even want him to come back to OKC either. Hater. I don't want him back in OKC. I can't. Would you put? I want to see him in New York. What, when you, uh, <laughs> I want to see shut, KD in New York. Shut your mouth, dude. <laughs> listen, we I get. Want. Listen, this is the perfect year the Knicks can tank, and I don't know if it happened that way. I'm sure it did. They thought about it, but if they could land somehow, land. I don't care what it is. It's Zion or bust for the Knicks. Somebody if they if they get the second pick, they need to give the first. They need to give whatever it takes to get to number one pick because they need Zion. If you get Zion and K, you know, and KD and Porzingis is actually healthy. I think you have something there. It may not be good enough to beat the Warriors just yet or, or, or LeBron and the Lakers if they have a stacked team, but at least it'll make New York relevant again. Somebody hit me on on Instagram and asked if, if they thought that we should, that the Knicks should, we should. Look, I'm, I'm way too affected Look at by you. you right now. That the Knicks should try and put in for AD. And I was like, no, I don't think that they should. Because unless you felt in your heart of hearts, and according to you, you feel like this is an, it's a foregone conclusion, right? Unless you feel in your heart of hearts, a Paul George situation is going to come out of this. Because OKC took a big flyer trading Victor Oladipo to the Indiana Pacers and being able to coax Paul George into signing a five-year deal to stay in OKC. So, hold on, sidebar, he's playing out of his mind right out now. Out of his mind. And it's Playoff so P fun. is ready. R- rocking. And it's making Russell Westbrook a better point guard. Truthfully, when Dennis Schroeder, Russell, and Paul George are on the floor, it's one of the best things of all time. They they should make a move. They need to make a move, a splash at the at the trade they need, deadline. They, I, I think they need something. They need to do. I, I, think cause I don't know who's going to be available, but they need to do something. When you take Steven Adams off the floor, 
and you don't have a guy like Roberson healthy and playing, you lose a lot in the middle right. and down low, your ability to play bigger down low. And I think that's a big factor for them right now is what they can do. But their second unit is short up. And that I watched Russell Westbrook sit on the bench for seven minutes the other day. I want to ask you, since you're the OKC homer, they didn't they didn't have Westbrook, Harden, Durant, and Oladipo together, right? Oladipo no. came later? Oladipo came later. Oh, thank God. Because I it would was, say, Sam Presti, what a genius no, you are. It, it was the three of them. But think about the guys he's he's had in, right? That, that, crazy. Think about the guys that handle the basketball, right? James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Dennis Schroeder, Victor Oladipo, Paul George. Hell, you could throw Katie in there as a guy that handles the basketball in some aspect. But think about that point guard alone position that Sam Presti is able to either draft or acquire talent in. That man has an eye for what it means to build a basketball team somehow. Now, I know that OKC is over luxury taxes and, and, and some of that stuff, but in a, in a small market. And I know that doesn't matter as much anymore with the way the NBA superstar is, but he's bringing freaking guys like Paul George to OKC and having them re-sign for five more years. Maybe three years ago, that was probably an unheard of thought. Yeah, I mean... What the hell did, is there to do in Oklahoma City? But it seems to – it hasn't worked quite yet, I don't think, in, in the eyes of OKC. Obviously, they'd like to win, but, I mean, the West is so stacked. They need to they're, – they're, they're definitely a man short. They tried to do the mellow thing. The mellow experiment didn't work. It's not going to work anymore. LA's going to find out it's not going to work, but he's going to sign there. You know, it's funny. The Garden gave Mello a little video tribute, but FYI, Lakers come to the Garden March 17th. Guarantee number seven will be in purple and gold. Sure. So I think that's nothing for them. But you know what I'm tired of? Speaking of the mellow situation, because that's a direct result of LeBron James. I'm tired of LeBron James. And I, I, it's funny saying this out loud because who the hell am I when it comes to what LeBron James has done in his career? But I just think it's ultimately boring to hear the same storyline. LeBron James gets fed up with the guys that he's playing around in the first half of the season. Now all of a sudden everyone's going to get traded out. LeBron James needs a new coach because he doesn't like playing for this guy. And now all of a sudden all these moves are going to be made for LeBron James. I'm, ti- I'm tired here. Luke Walton might lose, is actually, probably He's, going to lose his job because of LeBron James. I'm going to say when LeBron James went to L.A., Luke Walton lost his job. Yes, and because it, that, that was never that, the that was never the coach for him. And he's not a Magic guy either. That's the other thing played against. Right, him. right. Magic and, didn't hire him. And I don't, I don't know who that. So that yeah, I heard that today a lot uh, on the radio about Luke Walton losing his job. But like again, who are you going to hire? Who is who does LeBron want to be the coach? So that's the first. Like before you let him go, and obviously, I mean, the fact that Luke Walton got the job, I don't know if he got it off the back of that of that of that Golden State. When it took over for Steve Kerr. Unreal winning streak. I mean, yeah. I don't think he lost. So, I mean, when you have those kind of athletes, it's it's, it's a lot easier to coach than when you have is, Lonzo Ball. Wouldn't you think, though, that that would be an asset when you go out and try and acquire a LeBron James? Wouldn't you say to yourself, this is a positive. I've watched this guy coach some of the best athletes this game has to a like 30-0 record. Do you think, totally random, but you'd think in... In 1996, Greg Popovich did something unheard of. He was the GM of basketball operations for the Spurs in 96. Fired the head coach. Became the head coach. And now look. And now look. You think Magic tries... Fires Luke Walton. You think Magic tries to to dip his toes back in the... I think he did try to head coach a little bit back in the day. uh, And it failed miserably. I don't know, man. I just... (sighs) Because who else is LeBron? Because LeBron basically is the coach on the... he's, He's the floor general. He's your coach. Uh, ask 
Tyron Lue, who's a, who's a free agent and who has Laker ties, who won a championship that's, with the Lakers. That's, that's what I'm thinking. That, to me, makes the most sense. Or do you sense. think they try to peel away David Fisdale from the Knicks because they had the heat no. connection? I don't. I don't. Because I, I, you know what? In everything I've learned about Fisdale in his 40-some-odd games with the Knickerbockers, not that they've won anything. Ten wins. Good job, Coach. Is that he's a real dedicated dude. And I don't think he does that to the Knicks. He's not a Josh McDaniels type guy. He's not, he's not going to build Belichick, run a napkin. Thanks for the. Thanks for your time. Yeah. Thanks for your cup of coffee. He's I'm out of here. He's not going to be an 18-hour head coach. I don't think. I don't think that's what's going to happen there. No, I don't think it was happening either. But I just know the connection with LeBron and Miami. I know that they were tight with Spolstra. I don't know who who LA hires. If... But Lou brought him his fir- first championship and only championship in Cleveland. Wouldn't that just make so much sense? Like yeah, you saw I, the I agree, posts. but I think it, I think it, I mean does Tyron Lue want to coach again? I know he has those health problems. That's true. You're Coaching made point. him go, you know, put him in the hospital. At some point, do you want to go back to that? To grow? I mean, obviously, to coach LA, the Lakers, to coach LeBron again. It's, you just said LeBron's the coach anyway. It's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, you only do is got to really sit there and just kind of monitor, you know, make it look like you're coaching. Ask Steve Kerr how to do that. Yeah, he's he's magic. Guys. Yeah, he, Steve Kerr has figured out how to coach. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah what? A, that's but that's a great point though. If I'm a guy that has is taking over the, a roster that is star driven or looking to be star driven as the LA Lakers are, that I'm watching tape on everything. Everything Steve Kerr is doing in Golden State. Because, again, it comes back to what I said about Sean McVay before. It's impressive for guys to be able to get to professional athletes like that. And for guys like a Belichick and guys like a Popovich and guys that are able to do it over and over and over and year in and year out for 15, 20 years, that to me is the most impressive thing in the entire world. And one thing that bothers me, and maybe it's my coaching heart, sure, yeah, you could call me biased, whatever, is when people bash coaches or managers and say, you know, it's not as much about the coach. No, 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 no. Without coaches, whether it's a a coach that can handle personalities or a coach that can handle schemes or a coach that can handle something else, without those coaches or managers, those people, without them, success is not going to happen for most, if not all teams. Uh, Quick, uh, as you were talking about rattling off some of these, these tenured coaches and you think about the amount of turnover in football, and you really can't name that. There's a lot of young young managers in baseball. Like I feel like we're we're about to go over a precipice of just amazing coaches. The Popovich, well, he's gonna retire soon. Belichick's gonna retire soon. Like, are, are are there more coaches down the pipeline? Like, who's gonna be that next set of coaches who we're, we're gonna be talking about? Who are who have won ten, five, six, seven championships? And that's you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah. where is like where are we gonna find like in baseball? Like the last tenured manager was Joe Girardi, and he got the axe. He was one game shy of the World Series, got the axe. And you see, like, it's uh, Alex Cora, first-time manager, winning winning the World Series with Boston last year. Like, uh, are we going to have a new set? Of, uh, I think there's a new standard. Like, you're not going to see a 12- to 15-year run like you, like we did with some of these coaches. Well, you're currently seeing it with Andy Reid right now. It's kind of over the course of two tenures with two different teams. He's just a really good coach, but he doesn't win crap well, when it counts. Well, he, I mean, yeah, but I mean, t- t- you can't take this one away from him. He's been to a Super Bowl. He's been to like six championship games. I mean, in one of the hardest sports to do it back-to-back. That's a whole nother thing. That's how you <laughs> But I guess where I'm coming from with all of it is that the coach is more important than people give credit to because they're a personality manager. They're more of a psychologist than they are a football coach probably sometimes. And I do agree with you. We are, are flipping the mantle, so to speak, from 15, 20-year-older veteran guys to younger, excited, 
gels with the players, understands what they care about type coaches. My only problem with that is, and this is why I always keep coming back to the point of being able to get through to your players. If you don't have a proper system to keep that going, it's going to be very hard to keep these guys motivated. Like, How do you keep a guy like Tom Brady listening to your word for 18 years? That dude doesn't need built, but but he is able to do those things. I think that's the that's the I think they're the outlier. Like that's not the like what you said earlier. It's a minority, not the right, majority. not the majority. Because you don't because like 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 they interviewed they asked Brady straight up like is, if you guys is this is there what's the percentage of you you know not retiring into this year and it was like zero percent like the dudes he goes I set a goal a long time ago I want to put them forty five I believe it is four years away I think it's only forty one so. I mean, four more years, he's, he's got a chance to win two or three more rings. Like, I think he wants, in his heart of hearts, I think he wants to go for, he wants to tie Jordan with the six. For some, even though it's different sports, everybody kind of tries to reach that, time. they try to reach that six plateau. You know, Kobe, five, he failed. Even though Bill Russell has 11, and you'd think he'd be the one everybody is, is reaching for, but that was a different time of basketball. Well, why is that? I think that was that was a different era of basketball. The playoff system was totally different. So in twenty years, he he. I mean, he didn't play nearly half the games that they played in the playoffs now. So like he, it was kind of a, not an easier walk to the play, to the championship, less but like teams. less teams, less talent. It was just a like I think that basketball way back then was so different than it is today. When does that change? The ABA NBA merger. Like, like, yeah, the seventies. That was kind of like the 60s, 70s. So let me 70s. ask you this then, right? Because so like 20, 30 years down the line, when you look back at like a LeBron James, you look back at a Tom Brady, and then we look back at a Michael Jordan. Now that we're that far removed, and we're really into generations that never actually watched Michael Jordan play the game, right? Is his legacy still going to resonate? I mean... Like I, it does. It depends on... Talk, talking heads like me and you to keep I it keep it, it going. I, I mean, I think he's built a large enough legacy, and I think that's what LeBron. His James shoe brand is, doing. is yeah the the Jordan shoe brand is what keeps the young generation because you know I mean honestly I obviously grew up in a, I was young a, a young teenager uh, watching Jordan destroy my Knicks so I, I developed a not a hatred obviously I respect because do that do but the fact that he would have won eight or more. Why did he didn't play baseball? Imagine. Well, they they forced him to play baseball, dude. You know that. Imagine though. He I'm, was he's the Pete Rose of basketball. Imagine if they didn't. David Stern knew he was he was heavy into it, and they didn't want to make a big nope. scene, big stink out of it. They yep. told him, "Hey, dude, walk away. Yeah, go play baseball. Yep, come back. Come back in a few years when when you basically for, not forgot, but, but kind of come forgot. back <laughs> come back like Jordan wearing a four five. Yep. They hate to play games with you. No. Just to aim at you. Yeah, oh, Jay-Z. Oh, wow. You're just spitting bars right there. Now we're back on this football topic. Football. Let's get on the what do you got train. What do you got? Right, the worst segment. Because we got a what do you got special for the people. We're going Super Bowl special. All right. We got prop bets on the table. We got lines on the table. We got a whole plethora of things for what do you got going on. Football lines on the table, folks. Let's get your head out of the gutter. It's a family show. Yeah, come on. I mean, seriously, do we have really people? I mean. <laughs> well, you listen. Uh, <laughs> it is 2019, Andrew. It is right. 2019, Andrew. So you, you, you threw some prop bets out me, at me before, okay? And I've, I've been formulating a few of them in my head. I don't want to do the Maroon 5 one. No, no, I agree. You know, although I do think moves with Jagger is going to be 
the first one. Yeah, I think I think I think movie. You like that one? That is a popular one. One that I I would really like to go with. I think the only thing that scares me is that it's in a dome. Is I like the missed field goal one because there have been so many inopportune missed field goals this year that I really do feel like there's a missed field goal coming in this football game. So. So and I want your opinion on this one, and I want to know how many you want to do here. Are we doing one, are we doing two, are we doing five. Like, what's the how many we got? What what are we thinking? What the line? Yeah, what are we doing? One, two, five. How many prop bets are we? Taking? I say we do we do one each. We pick we we're gonna pick the game. Patriots right now minus two and a half. Juice is towards the Rams. Okay. So for any of you betters, that means a lot of got to bet a little bit more money on the Rams to to win your to win your bananas, and one prop bet. So we get to to keep our. Our, our, our potential for two scores. Even though I'm down about a mountain and I need about five of them, I got one in my head and I got my side. All right, what you got? What do you got? What do you got? Andrew, it's simple. I've been talking all all year about it. Give me the New England Patriots. Patriots? Patriots, Patriots. Oh, wow, that was so hard. I'm sorry. Man, you must have thought so hard about So that. hard on that. I'm not going against Brady and Belichick. I don't care how old they are. Combined age of 107. <laughs> Come get some. Year nine. Like I said, six and three is going to sound way better than five and four. Give me a score. I'll give you a score in a second. I want to give you this nugget here because this is un- un- unworldly. The Patriots. What do you think their third down? The Patriots' third down conversion in the playoffs. 61%. Wow. On the head. Did you hear that somewhere <laughs> else? What do you? What is the? Tell the folks what the average NFL third down conversion rate was in the regular season. 38%. Wow. Andrew, you are a brilliant man. No wonder why you're the host of the show. <laughs> but you see the difference there. That is actually an absurd, uh, and, and for a team not to get off the field, and for the Rams, like you told them, that was the ticket for the victory was to keep the Patriots off the field. But if you're going to let Tom Brady pick you apart like he normally does, and you saw it in the Charger game, and you saw it against the Chiefs, the man is a machine. He does it year in, year out. He's 41 years old. Give me the Patriots. I don't care what the spread is. They're going to win by 14. Give me two touchdowns, Andrew. I'll give you two touchdowns. I'm not giving you two touchdowns. <laughs> give me two touchdowns. Let's but give me, give, me, give me the Patriots. They're going to win 27-22. All right. 27-22. What is it? 22 points. Don't know. I figure it's crazy. Because <laughs> I'm the jackass that has the Superbox pool that has like five and right. nine. Yeah, right. yeah. You know, the, the stupid number that never comes out. So, Andrew. Oh. Do you want to give me your line, or you want to do me the prop well, bet? You want well, the prop you're bet? You're giving me minus fourteen, so I'm gonna. No, take... you're plus fourteen actually. <laughs> I'm gonna take the fourteen points. All right, you're taking the fourteen points. <laughs> I'll take the fourteen points. You need the all the help you can get, and what do you got? No, let me. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go. I obviously am taking the Rams side of this equation, because I, I, you know, I wanted Anthony to make the hard decisions on the show, so he made the hard decision about the Patriots, right? Maybe Hard going were, against the goat. Maybe because there was preconceived bananas on the Patriots before walking lots into the studio. So I got the Rams, and I I don't like my pick. By the way, uh, I'm just putting putting that out there. The Rams could easily win the Super Bowl. And I keep telling myself that I want to take the Rams 24 to 21. I don't know why. Three is the magic number for football. Yeah, that that's what I want to take, and that's what I think that's what I think is going to happen. So. My score is 24 to 21 with the Rams taking that football win. What I bet happens is the Patriots win by 36, and we're watching an uneventful fo- football game. All right, man. What do you got for our prop bet here? I'm gonna let you actually go first, and you let me go first with the with the, with the line. All right. What do you got? What's our what's our prop bet though? Well, what are you I, choosing? I just rattled off a bunch in the beginning. All right. Rattle off a few more again, so we can really make a decision on what we're doing here. I mean, do you want? 
I mean, right now I'm just looking at player props. Okay, what do you got for player props? I mean, you can do anything. You want Tom Brady pass? You want touchdowns? Yeah, I want Tom Brady pass. Do you have Tom Brady pass and do you have Jared Goff pass on there? I have to look it up. Hold on. Yeah. And you have, do you have... You want Tom Brady completions? Tom Brady... I want Tom Brady pass and if you can give me receiving yards on... Oh, Tom Brady first pass. On James White, if that's on there anytime. I'll give you receiving yards on James White for sure. And if I had Tom Brady passing yards... Total you receiving yards for James White is over fifty-two and a half. Ooh. Juiced up heavy, minus one thirty-five. So that I think that should be yours. Since I don't feel like looking for I'm going to take James White. And I'm going to take the over on the fifty-two and a half. Okay, write yards. that down. So we now, and I, a lot of people have been talking about this James White thing, right? Okay, and that he has the most yards after the catch, yak yards in the NFL in the regular season at like some six hundred and fifty, right? But a lot of those plays start from behind the line of scrimmage. So the bottom line comes down to this over happens, Mr. Rinaldi, if the Rams can find a way to, I don't know if you want to call it shadowing or spying or whatever, but every time James White touches the football, whether it's right in front of the line of scrimmage, behind the line of scrimmage, or two yards in front of the line of scrimmage, you are knocking him and he's not getting any yak yards. But I do think he's going to get those yak yards, even if, the Rams win this football game. I still feel like James White has to have some type of pass catching factor in that game. So I'll take the fifty two and a half and I'll take the over for James White. I can't argue that one. I mean, I think what game was it where he had like fifteen catches, twelve catches, something stupid like that? A playoff game. Yeah, I mean, listen, you know Bill Belichick is gonna Thanks for coming, Charlie. Is gonna run Jets yeah, yeah thank you. Hey, yeah, yeah, coach of the year, Anthony Lynn. Yeah, shout, shout, shout out. Yeah, good out. job. Twelve and four, got your butt got your butt whooped. Right, but learning steps. All about steps, Andrew. I like that pick. I I I can't say you know. But you know, Bill Belichick is gonna is gonna screen you to death because if you're gonna rush four the front four, you know, he's gonna let you just come right through. He's just gonna drop dump it off and let let James right do the rest. I'm gonna stay with the same team, your Patriots. No. I'm going. Check this out, buddy. We're going fullback. We're going James Devlin. Wow. I want the over under. On, wow. On total re- rushing and receiving yards, must play. How many? Three and a half. Wow. I think he is going to have a sneaky good game. Where so you're he's taking just, the over. I'm taking the over. Over three and a half rushing and, and receiving, receiving yards, yards combined. That's actually Devlin. the stat there. I'm not blind, right? Read no, that. you're good. Wow. Or even, I, I love the Rob Gronkowski receptions over three and a half, which is heavily juiced. Because you know in crunch time, he he has been down this year. Yeah, but he could get four on one Exactly. Play. Every third down guy. and in the red zone, you know, you know, Brady's looking for him. That's yeah. not a, that's not a bad one either, folks. Listen, if you want to have a little fun Super Bowl Sunday, get the prop bets going. Look for some prop bets. Yeah, and uh, you know what? And just for S's and G's, give me the over on Gladys Knight going over 108 and a half seconds. I agree, 100. percent I'm telling you, I'm, 204. She's, she's two. She's too easy. I'm telling you, 204. She's got pipes. 204 on the Gladys Knight. All right, so you got 27-22. I got 24-21. I'm pumped about these prop bets. James White over 52 and a half. Man, I'm curious about that one. And I again, I think if he, I think if he gets that prop, they win that football game. And then James Devlin, I love where you came out of left field with that one. And I think um, just for shits and giggles, Mister Rinaldi, I think the first field goal is going to be missed left. By the way, that a boy. That's not I like where your head's at. I feel like the first All field right, goal is going to be missed down. left. All right, hey, listen, it has been a blast. But before we go, my man, Mister Rinaldi, has a, a little bit of a shout out here, a little bit of a, a chat he wants to bring to the peoples here of the Dab Podcast. That's right, folks. Let me hog the mic from Andrew. Let me get my time to shine. I just want to let the, the folks know out there that we're going to do a little something, something, a little special interview, kind of chat it up with a, a close personal family friend of mine, 
he himself happened to jump into the podcast world, and uh, he wants to get a little bit of a uh, a little bit of info from the Dab Podcast. So we're going to kind of combine forces here. We're going to talk to him about his podcast, and he's going to kind of talk to us about how sports. But let me break it down for you. His name is Nick Christopoulos, uh, and first off, thank you for your service to our our great uh, military. He is a a former because you can't say X. So he's a former Marine. And uh, what he does is, you know, he just discusses the emotional and mental struggles transitioning back to civilian life as, as a military guy. And honestly, you know, you hear, sadly, the horror stories is of, of the numbers of uh, suicides of our, 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 our men and women who protect our country for our right to be doing this, Andrew. Yep. And I believe the number is 22 a day. That's, that's logged. You know, that's just... That's insane. There's probably even more that don't even... Sure don't even equate to the military that actually are military related that, you know, they, that go unseen. So, you know, what he does is he interviews other, other military guys and he kind of, they kind of talk through their problems and, and, and kind of figure out how they can go about their day. And he believes, and I believe it too, that just the power of talking, getting it out there, kind of an open forum really helps the struggle and really eases some of the pain. So I believe it's a, it's a great topic to get into. Sure. And, uh, you know, he's an avid sports fan, so he wants to get in on some, 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 some sports talk. So, you know, we'll break it down for him. We'll talk sports. We'll talk a little uh, little U.S. military. And, you know what, I think it'll be a great little innuendo, and hopefully we'll do it a bunch of times. Check him out. He's on Spotify. His handle is Sergeant's Secret Battle. So check that out whenever you want to kind of, you know. And if you are, uh, I'm sure we have one or two military men or women listening to our podcast. We hope you are. You know, we thank you for your service. And if you find yourself in the, in the, in a need to talk to somebody about you know some issues, you know reach out to my man Nick. You know he's there for you. We're here for you. Let us know. We'll connect you to him if if that needs to be the case. But I think it'll be a fun uh, a fun little episode we do. Give that handle one more time so the people can hear it. His his podcast Sergeant's Secret Battle. It's on Instagram. It's definitely on Spotify. And we're gonna get him on iTunes. We're gonna get him on Apple. We'll we'll put him on the Dab Podcast webpage. You know, we'll get it all for him. We'll set it up for him. We're excited about that. Like, and, and just to reiterate what Anthony said, thank you to our military. And uh, and if you have anything that you want to want to hear on that podcast, a question, uh, a story, something that you feel like can be helpful, that is something that you just want to talk about, you want you feel like people should hear. Um, get us on the the Gmail. Get us on the Twitter, Instagram. We're gonna work on this over the next week or so, and hopefully we'll have some information for you on when we can get this episode going and when we can air this thing. But uh, but very very cool stuff. And uh, this is a fun space. It's a it's a sports space. To quote the great Michael K, we're in the candy store when we talk about st- sports. But um, but if we can use the Dab Podcast space for anything beyond just the sports world, I, I think that'd be pretty cool for us. So please, ladies and gentlemen, it's it's Twitter, it's Instagram, it's Facebook, it's at Dab Podcast on all three. Tell your friends, tell your friends, rate, subscribe us, five stars all around. I had a great time, Andrew. Can't wait to break down the Super Bowl with you. I believe we may do a special little Monday jump off. Super Bowl Monday special jump off. What is that? Monday morning. Monday morning. Bright and early. Monday morning cup of Joe at your dad podcast. And I believe you're going to have Friday friend of the podcast, yeah. Rob Datoma. Friday friend of the podcast, Mr. Datoma. He's going to be coming to break down the Super Bowl preview for you, ladies and gentlemen, on the Rome Solo Friday dab. I mean, just Anthony, we're giving them everything. What else do they want? Get ready, folks. It's about to be a. Listen, football may be over in a few days, but this podcast is going to keep getting, rolling. We're just getting started, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, and, and, and qu- quick last note, head to fdudevils.com. 
FDU baseball, Al Leiter coming to speak at our dinner this Saturday. I think I might get fired from my head coach if I didn't actually put that on the podcast. The freshly retired Al Leiter, right? Yeah. I believe he, he's hanging up the booth yeah. with, with the caster. Yeah, he wants to go watch his son. Can't yeah. blame him there. His son is going to play baseball at Vanderbilt next year. So that's going to be pretty big. How come you to recruit him to FDU? Say, uh, actually, I heard he's a stud. Yeah, fun, fun fact, actually, he was on one of my travel ball team rosters for a little bit. Walked go. into a facility, turned around, it's Al Leiter says, Andrew Romanell, nice to meet you. I'm Al Leiter. Yes, you are. Yes, you are, sir. <laughs> yes, sir, you are. So he's coming to the FDU baseball dinner. Get your tickets Thursday night. That's the last you can buy them. Listen, Andrew Romanello, that's my partner, Anthony Rinaldi. You hear it all day. We're the Dab Podcast. You know where to get us. You know where to listen to us. And you know what to do. Until then, we will talk to you on Friday.